Next up on 2020, we sit down with an expert who is looking at the current clone high drug crisis. Uh, Dr. Lewis, thank you very much for meeting with us. Yes, thank you for having me on, Jim. Doctor, what are the effects of the clone high? Well, this this crisis goes back some 20 years. You know, the, the, the outspread of uh, medicinal marijuana has uh, made way for its legalization, and uh, teens just don't feel the same pull from it because it's not as, uh, how we say, taboo a substance use, or abuse, as I like to call it. Um, so instead, they're going for increasingly difficult ways to elevate themselves out of their dreary lives. It seems the most recent one was to dig up old famous people, dry their carcasses, and snort the dead flesh, what is known as a clone high. I see. I see. Um, do you recommend that we ban all history curricula so that they can't find out about these historical figures? That seems like the most responsible thing for a news organization to tell people to do. It, 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 seems, it seems like that would be the easiest way to solve this, this, uh, this problem. But it really doesn't just stop with historical figures. The, the notion of celebrity is so wide and far-reaching that you could snort pretty much anybody who's even been on a, a reality TV show or maybe has appeared on a milk cart, and that counts as fame, and that'll at least give you a good buzz for the remainder of your evening. Mm. So, we so need... it, it's just infeasible to do it at such a large scale. Uh, moving forward. I think forward. it makes much more sense to uh, outlaw noses. Interesting. Uh, now, you've written in your book uh, that you intend to completely cremate your body to avoid being snorted. Is that is that correct? It, well, that's the first step. Uh, as we know, several people who have uh, cremated themselves have had their ashes stored in urns by loved ones on the mantelpiece, and I've received no fewer than a few stories a day from people who say that, yes, they snorted their Aunt Greta because she one time... Uh, appeared on a commercial for cat food. Even the um, urns, wow. Right in the urns, that's is, correct. Is nothing sacred? Certainly not a according to this feel-good generation. Yes. So what do we do to stop these damned sexy teens from just having a good time? Well, the trouble is that their angst is so entertaining that nobody really wants to stop the problem. I would definitely like to see some... Uh, some movement from Congress on the issue to perhaps move uh, the gravesites of Bob Marley and Timothy Leary to prevent any prying eyes and hands. Um, but it really starts at home. We have to encourage people not to use this drug at a very fundamental level. I think that teaching them as early as kindergarten should not be out of the question. So I understand that you've managed to get some footage of some real teens actually using this material. Can we? We're oh, going to oh, play that. Oh, not just teens, Jim. Sexy teens. Sexy teens. We're going to play that now. Uh, viewers with young children in the room should have them pay close attention so that they can know to avoid this grisly fate. Wait. Oh, no. 
Or we can just lead into the episode with that. Oh, yeah. And not do the first <laughs> not do the first sketch thing. at all. <laughs> and not have me. Because it got sad. And not have me. I mean, the whole thing's sad. Like, the drug crisis is real. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I feel about this. Kids, don't do heroin. Uh, I, I hope I came across as just a stodgy old guy who didn't like marijuana, but <laughs> I don't know if I did. Uh, the Carton cast is uh, anti-drug? Are we the anti-drug, Ben? We are counter-drug. Counter-drug. As we're in, come up to the counter of, and get uh, some of these drugs. Yeah, we're that shot of adrenaline to your heart when you pass out on the dance floor in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> so literal adrenaline. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's correct. Right into the... Was, that, was I unclear? Yeah, uh, I was pretty yeah. clear. <laughs> well, I mean, we're a podcast and not a drug, but... You know, I think they understand. I think I got it. Anyway. Well, welcome to the Carton Cast, everybody. My name is Ben. And I'm Wesley. And uh, this is the Cartoon Podcast, where we review old cartoons and see what we think of them as adults. The Carton Cast is a secret government conspiracy. <laughs> or it yeah. was, and then we blew all the money and had to get a podcast instead. Yeah, I, I, well, I was just going to go with uh, the Carton Cast. Our angst is entertaining. <laughs> that is also true. I I really like that line. Yeah, the the whole intro theme song like really fits. What is that genre? Uh, indie rock. Is is that what it? Yeah, because it's like it's particularly like screechy guitar, not caring that the audio quality is bad. But it's not rock. like. But it's not like angry. It's not like uh, screamo. You know. No, no, no. It's 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 mope rock. Pop punk. I God, like I mope don't... rock better. I don't know music genres. <laughs> I, I think it's mope rock. Mope rock, mope problems. Nailed it. But yeah, uh, here we are. We are here today to discuss a very real problem in society. It is the clone high. Mm. Uh, Zane, why the, don't we go into the production history? The clone high first the took clone root, high saga. First took root in America in two thousand and two to two thousand three. Okay, Walter Cronkite, take it back. <laughs> uh clone high ran on is it clone high or clone high school uh it's ran, clone high. ran on mtv from 2002 to 2003 it was made by bill lawrence who is known for his show scrubs uh mm-hmm. as well as phil lord she explains zach braff's appearance on it <laughs> he just keeps showing up i can't believe uh, he's and not dead actually. phil lord and christopher miller known for the lego movie uh they came up with it while they were at dartmouth and eventually got mtv to run it for a season um the show didn't do great uh, in terms of ratings, but it has a cult following. The creators still love it. Uh, they claim that they stole a bunch of jokes to put into 22 Jump Street. Um, and they want to make a film yeah. adaptation of this, but I don't think this show really flies today. Uh, I, I'm not sure. It's hard to say. Yeah, there, there's some problematic elements that I wouldn't mind being excised that are not really necessary for the show working. But the heart and uh, soul of the show are still funny. I think so. I mean, it, it's it's our one of our favorite types of uh, cartoon, which is parody humor. Mm-hmm. And this one is a very blatant and in-your-face parody of teen dramas like Dawson's Creek. Yes. So the main premise here is that um, it's, it's a high school show, high school drama, but it's a parody of such because they, you know, have very special episodes all the time. Um, they you know constantly have proms. It's it's a it's a very tongue-in-cheek kind of thing, but yeah. the selling point is that the high school is home to cloned historical figures who are now who were grown in the eighty. You you heard the theme song. It's They're entirely sexy teens a gimmick. Now. 
there's nothing behind it <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of it great. is for one-liners they uh they picked historical figures which they knew weren't likely to get them sued uh, did they now <laughs> which is it seems as though maybe they didn't <laughs> um so they caused a yeah so like uh they didn't want to do einstein because apparently he has a litigious estate yeah well it's uh i actually if i can go a little bit off topic here um i don't know if you've heard this but they're yeah so they did get in trouble (laughs) einstein has a uh it is known that einstein did not want to be revered in any way i don't think that he'd appreciate his likeness being thrown on a show i have no real problem with that especially not this show do you know that einstein's brain was stolen (laughs) yeah did you (laughs) yeah i did again i've read every cracked article there's an awesome National Geographic article that says like the person who did like the who was there at the time of Einstein's death stole his brain and hid it in a cooler for thirty years while trying to dissect it and work on it. It's and ended up living right next door to William Burroughs. What? And William Burroughs would come over and like have drinks and they'd sit on the cooler with Einstein's brain in it. <laughs> and he would later brag to people saying, I could have a piece of Einstein anytime I wanted. This is so weird. <laughs> it's the weirdest article I've ever read. Every detail gets worse. I forgot about those those weird ones. I'm surprised a movie hasn't been made of this. It's actually like really cool because uh, when he did finally, um, you know, write papers on, well, maybe the 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 width of these canals in the brain lend mm-hmm. itself to the fact that uh, his mathematical pr- pr- uh, potency was greater. And it's actually like a, a pretty cool uh, article detailing all the ways in which bad data are readily rebuked by the scientific community it weirdly gave me a lot of faith in the scientific community (laughs) as like you know not following what it wants to be true but following what is true i'm sure the scientific community i'm sure the scientific community appreciates your faith as you know their uh their papers are fueled by prayer Yep, they are a faith-based commodity. <laughs> but um, they, the, this show, the creators did have a problem because they, um, they did pick Gandhi and they made him a real wacky bastard. Yeah, and <laughs> which is they caused a hunger strike in difficult India. Difficult because I really like the character. <laughs> <laughs> like a bunch, like hundreds of people in India went on a hunger strike specifically to protest to this show. That's absolutely crazy to me. <laughs> and, like, it's not as though, you know, some of our historical figures got the kindest treatment. I don't know how JFK would have felt as his, in, uh, like, looking at how his character was, how his character is portrayed. Uh-huh. But there's a difference between a historical figure and a religious figure. <laughs> is, is Gandhi a religious figure? Uh, I, I think he fits the mold. Well, they have, uh, they mentioned Mother Teresa at one point, right? Uh, they do have, uh, they do have Jesus as the janitor. Jesus. Jesus Christo. Yeah. That's, 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 that's the, who, who actually shoots a nail gun into his hand, which I think is like, mm, it's a bit much, but it's also kind of funny. Yeah. There's like low ball humor and then there's like really high humor and like, you're going to get both. <laughs> yeah. So you can't watch this with people. It's yeah. you know, you could, you gotta watch it by yourself. <laughs> But yeah, um, they rightly pulled the show after they got all this controversy about it, and it has not been re-opted despite the creator's uh, attempts at it. Apparently, they go on record of saying, our whole career is just trying to get Clone High back on the air. (laughs) 
<laughs> Which, like, you're still clever joke writers. Like, you don't have well, to do it this way. <laughs> no, but, like, I get the feeling, like, this is the show that they really loved. Right. You know? And, and sure enough, it's got an intense cult following now. It's it's not unlovable. It's just, uh, you know, if, if you're the people who wrote it and made it, I feel like the best parts of the show don't need to be of this show to be good. I'm not certain about that. Like, I, I think that there's a lot of really clever writing that necessitates some sort of gimmick. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't I can't prove that to you. But mm-hmm. I, I did get the feeling like this was sort of a lightning in a bottle kind of show. And and although the creators could go on and do other work, there was something just indescribably beautiful about this particular work, even though it is problematic in its own ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I want to mention, if you don't mind, Please. that that uh, we actually got a comment to do this show. Mm. Mike Beach from Mike Beach dot uh, com. Hang on, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from the Mike Beach. Uh, beautiful this time of year. Beautiful this time of year. You know, I, I do believe it's a nude beach. Go ahead and let us know. I, God, he must hate us for this. He probably gets <laughs> he's it all listening, the time. and he's like, "Not you too." Is this why people don't write into us? Because we keep making fun of them. <laughs> I, it can't be. It, it's certainly. It's it's got to be a factor. We didn't set out to be those guys. <laughs> we, we got okay. Hang on, we're overshadowing his his message. So <laughs> I'm gonna just read what he wrote to the us. Medium is the message. I just found your podcast, and I think you guys would love Clone High. It's a series about cloned historical figures in high school. It has similar comedy to Dexter's Lab, but for a teenage audience with lots of historical sight gags. For example, the clone of Jesus Christ, yes, they seriously did that, accidentally shoots a nail through his hand while in shop class. Uh, You can find the whole series on YouTube, and it's only 13 episodes and was criminally canceled afterwards. Here's the first episode's URL. And uh, I followed it, and sure enough, they have all the episodes on YouTube, so everyone who cares, go ahead and watch them. Um, <laughs> They're not going yeah. anywhere. <laughs> yeah, There's no way to monetize for, this. Th- thank you for suggesting this to us, uh, Mike. This yeah, thanks, Mike. was a great show to revisit, and you are right in that it's it's for me. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if it's for Zane. There are some problematic elements, but I think as the uh, like on the whole, it's like a pretty good... It, it's like a very... It's a very incisive parody. Yeah. Maybe doesn't hit the cunning of something like south park or the subversive humor any um but it it does have a lot of that clever dialogue and witty witty situation building that i love parodies for anytime you do a parody you run the risk of um you know not making it clear enough that's a that it's a parody and you actually fall into the genre conventions of the thing you're trying to make fun of and then you end up just like becoming part of the problem yeah you're you're perpetuating it so when you make um, you know, the female characters all just like objects to be one in this masculine, like, uh, uh, you know, fighting match, which happens every other episode. Like, yep. yes, that's parodying it. But there are other tropes that you could have followed that like you didn't need to keep relying on this one. That's a good point. And, and I wouldn't say that they get, you know, one dimensionalized as characters. I thought Joan of Arc was one of my favorite characters. Oh, yeah. J- but... J- JFK is the most one dimensional. Absolutely. I mean, Cleopatra is not that many steps above it. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that you are right. Um, I'm not certain that that's the most problematic element of the show. I think that, you know, the a lot of the humor is kind of, you know, Daniel Toshing it a little bit and mm-hmm. just going a little too far for the sake of comedy in a way that wasn't necessary because you've got literally all of history to just, like, kind of poke and have jokes come out. Yeah, like you said, they don't, they don't use it quite enough to make it the focus of the that's- show. 
that's such a bummer every time we watch the principal. It's like, that's not why I'm here. I don't care about the principal wearing a cardigan and now he's approachable. When will that ever appeal to me? I want to get back to the history jokes. Right. And they don't, like, they tend to have a pretty small core cast. They don't go, I mean, they'll have, like, a character for a background gag. You know, they'll mention, uh, you know, Caesar will show up. But it's, like, they mostly just focus on five or six people. and like, Which is fine. Yeah. I would have I would have liked to have seen more because, like you said, there is that broad well to draw from. But I guess each time you pick one, like you run the risk of offending more people. But if you're starting uh, with Gandhi, that's not really your. I don't your, know, your, man. Like, really who are you going to offend by having Elvis be a character like the twins, <laughs> fat and skinny Elvis? That's really funny. <laughs> that is really funny. I think it should have just been like a pan across and like look and see two Elvises, one of whom is fat, and that's all the engagement we have with those characters. Like I could have. I can deal with any amount of that kind of humor. They, they <laughs> had to explain good. that they were twins. Yeah, I got it. I would have been confused. Oh, I, I, I think I would have been okay. But, yeah. I, I wouldn't have mind a more expansive cast. I wonder if it was just one of those, like, this was on MTV. I don't know how many how much pull they had to get competent voice actors. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I can't really tell why they didn't have a larger cast. Uh, but I think that the core cast is fine. Yeah, they 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 move enough plots on their own. They what do. Did, what did you find uh, most in, like most enjoyable about this show? Anytime they parody the teen drama format, mm-hmm. and like they do it in ways that make the sentences very ridiculous. Like when they put a bizarre skin over a thing that always happens in teen dramas, I'm way into it. Like yeah, the yeah. episode where. Everybody shuns Gandhi because it's shown that he has ADD, and they're all treating it like a communi- communicable, communicable disease. Communicable, mm-hmm. sure. Communicable, yeah. Communicable disease. Like that. That's that's a funny thing because it's like an it's a like it's it's a problem, but it's a benign enough one that you're not gonna like offend me by pretending it to be. You know something, something crazy. Or... Yeah. Any any time the music gets low and we're having mm-hmm. a tender moment. So when uh, anytime you know, like what, what's a what's a good when link? when Joan of Arc is uh you know she's at the end of the pier thinking wistfully about like what could be and then like the direct the the perspective changes and you see that there is a parallel pier There's right an next to her pier. with Abe on it. <laughs> I don't and know. they got some nice teen angst music playing. And it feels like they're trying to set, like, a really good, like, you know, it's introspective moment where she asks the big questions about herself. And then that pan out to the adjacent pier. And they have that conversation, which is so beautiful. I think I'm going to cut it in here. Abe, what are you doing here? I come out here to think sometimes. Me too. Well, right now, all I can think about is not thinking about you over there on your thinking dock, thinking about what you did. I was only trying to help, Abe. You don't know what you're getting into. What she's getting you into. You don't know what you're getting into. And that's out of my friendship. And you know what hurts the most, Joan? This nail I just stepped on. But there's a metaphorical nail in my other foot that hurts the second most, and it's from you backstabbing me. So maybe instead of the nail metaphor, I should have used a stabbing metaphor. But it's too late for that now, isn't it? I guess it is. 
<laughs> Abe's dialogue is fantastic. It's it's really good. But like I mean, and then the, and then her he's responding like, to that in a totally serious yeah. way is also like anytime they, they crank the schlock, mm-hmm. but do the funniest way to do it. Like that's <laughs> that's where the show really shines for me. Yeah. Um, there, there's another moment that I I want to say. Sure. Um, where like he feels betrayed. This is at the big basketball match. And <laughs> the big basketball match. <laughs> right. Well, J- Joan pretended to be uh, a John man. Dark. J- John Dark. Wait, do you mean Jean Dark, the French name for Joan of Arc? No, not like that. <laughs> uh, and Abe says, you sold us a bill of goods, but those goods turned out to be bad. And then you sold me up the river. That may be, but I sent you up the river with my heart as a paddle. But you took that paddle and smacked me in the face, and I wear my heart on my sleeve, so when I wipe my face, I got heart all over it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> they just it's really like good. Going as far as they can. And, and that, like, break and, and go that teen else. angst music is playing through the entire thing. Uh, yeah, I, I want to I have a band to name instead of teen, teen angst music. Um, well, the, the intro song is done by Abandoned Pool, so why don't we just say that they did all the music? Sure. That's that's really not doing her job, is it? <laughs> no, it, it's really not. Let's see here. Teen Angst music. No, My Chemical Romance. That's a little too close. Jimmy Eat World is the one I was thinking about. Mm. Theme music composer Tommy Walter. Is Bowling for Soup or... Uh... That's Ska. That's Ska. What about um Smashing Pumpkins? Also Ska. Shit, do I only know Ska? Uh, I just assume all music is ska. Oh, you're the asshole. I can never... That's a fun game for us to play. Who's the asshole? You're, you're the asshole. <laughs> Audience, you decide. In any, Well, it's both of us. Uh, but but in any case, the Teen Angst music, I'm going to put a track from something Teen Angsty in. You'll know what we mean. And, Weezer, and, like, something those are my I think that those are my favorite moments. The second favorite moment coming in at clever historical reference that they just don't draw too much attention to yeah so here here's our tier list of jokes in this show silly but serious parody historical reference uh slash subversion and then whatever the principal's doing i i i put it, he's pretty far down the list for me okay like i i think i'd put him in the negatives honestly <laughs> i don't need him i don't need him don't want him yeah uh but anyway, to kind of bring us back to our, our, our schematic, just because I have something in the plot that I think I want to talk about, which is the true meaning of this show. Uh, yeah, they, you brace yourself now. Thesis <laughs> thesis approaching. Thesis approaching. Uh, shields up. Not thesis. So the premise is that history's greatest minds could somehow benefit mankind, and therefore a shadowy cabal like clones them in the hopes that they could you know, become useful i don't know what what was the idea super soldiers think tank it doesn't matter just like it's better that our government has it than the ruskies but isn't the idea that you would clone history's greatest minds like this is a nature nurture thing right Mm -hmm. just because you clone the minds and put them in a totally different context will they develop in the same way probably not no however to confirm, well, so I, what I think that this is about is the government experience, uh, experiment is to try to do a study on nature versus nurture. And so to do that, they pick the most divisive natures 
in history, getting really famous dead people, cloning them, and then putting them through the same mold and seeing how they develop. So the conflict is intentional. Yes, it is. Also, Hmm. I have a point of evidence for this. Can you think of some of the parents of the teens, the foster parents? The foster parents are, like, as deliberately, like, counter to what you would expect as possible. Absolutely. Gandhi's parents are stereotypical Jewish parents. JFK's parents are stereotypical gay parents. So, like, you have, uh, like, the religious kind of uh, impulses there for, for Gandhi, who, you know, is widely known to be very philosophically minded. I think that they're trying to put as many ideas in the same bottle and seeing which ones float to the top. Same thing with JFK, you know, in this show p- depicted as a, you know... Uh, sex a, monster. A, yes, a se- sex monster. But he's shown up with... He's he's being, uh, being uh, fostered by this gay couple. So it's kind of giving us a look at nature versus nurture in terms of sexuality in terms of religion with gandhi or 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 philosophy with gandhi i think that they're doing this deliberately in order to see which is stronger nature or nurture i they can be doing that i think they're also making their own reality tv show yeah (laughs) (laughs) that seems that seems right right because when you take a bunch of different personalities that are attractive and you like stage adversarial encounters between them that's reality that's what that is that's what that's for it is but i i i would push back against the idea of this being just a reality tv show i was trying to relate it to shows such as uh total drama island and together well that's what i'm saying like but i I quickly abandoned that because it's really more about parodying a teen genre and not parodying a reality show and i think that that distinction is important right well i think i think the principle is like trying to make it that way like the government wants to run this this serious experiment that you're talking about and the principal is trying to like is clearly yeah. bad at his job but too smart to be that bad at his job and not have an ulterior motive yeah he's a zim yeah uh, it could be in any case i i i am not interested in the principle so i didn't think too hard about his motivation <laughs> there was a principle but uh, if you want to talk about the other main characters, uh, let's talk about them because, um, you know, most of the show focuses on them. And like you say, they're they're melodrama and antics. Um, mm-hmm. But the main character is pretty much Abraham Lincoln. Uh, perfect. Um, Abraham Lincoln and Joan, Ar- Joan of Arc in equal measure, I'd say. Yeah. I Yeah. Um, Abe is voiced by Will Forte, whom I recognize as the guy from The Last Man on Earth. Have you seen that show? I, I watched a couple episodes, but I couldn't kind of get into it. It was yeah. a, little, a little close to awkward humor for me, He's... but I, I recognize very good premise and very well acted, and I love his face. I wa- yeah, he got a great face. I watched the first season, and like he kept on doing like self-destructive behaviors, and that got a little too much for me. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that, that was... I, I but, he's, that. but he's a perfect fit for Abe. Like, yeah, he's, no, he's, he's good. He's supposed and, like, to be I've living up him... to be the good guy, and he's just not. I, I, he was MacGruber. <laughs> Which is, is, is pretty funny. Like, I, I think that he's got a good voice for uh, self-serious and trying to make comedy come from that. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's obvious. Like, him being serious is the funny thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's he's great. Um, I know that he shows up a lot on Comedy Bang Bang as well, and I'm really into him. Mm. So what do you think of Abe the character? Uh, you know, he, he comes off as pretty uh, oblivious. mostly because of you know joan's obvious attraction to him so he's not very i a lot of the jokes 
between their dynamic is how obvious Joan makes it and how many hoops Abe has to jump through in order to not catch on. Yeah, he's which he's, is a very drama like that's a very teen drama focused kind of joke to make is that they will do anything to keep the romantic tension going. Yeah. Um, uh, which, which no matter is, how which contrived. I really like. Yeah. But he does come across as a bit of a jerk because yeah. of that obliviousness. Yeah, he veers between like jerk and lovable goof. Um I think it's it comes out of the fact that he he gets a lot of funny lines but he's playing them straight. Yeah, he he comes across very oblivious and that's why he's lovable. Mhm. Uh generally one of the uh, generally the episodes will fluctuate between he's got a shot with Cleopatra kind of the uh beautiful, you know, cheerleader kind of archetype in the in school and he'll make some progress with her and then by the end of the episode he'll realize that in doing so he's dissed one of his buds and will do the right thing just like Abe Lincoln would have done and reject uh Cleopatra in favor of one of them. That that's generally what happens. There's you know fluctuations on that but i feel like that happens a lot and this is like the nice one of the nicer like clear inversions of a historical character because you know abe lincoln you think of as just this adamant figure who was like uh uncowed by the face of adversity or whatever and this abe lincoln is like the most the most peer pressurable individual (laughs) yeah um yeah he is a wembley yeah just just always going with the flow trying to uh trying to get with Cleo. Yeah, um, but which I, I don't like dislike. It. Like I I don't need him to strongly resemble kind of his historical analog. Although I do like it whenever they feel pressure to live up to their those standards. That's a great like actual plot thing. Like that's a great uh uh thing that they could have done more with instead of just the jokes. Yeah, well, and if if I may, um, I looked up a few cloning facts, which Ooh. I think you'll enjoy, and which I'll pepper in throughout the broadcast. One of which is that the one of the main reasons that human cloning was kind of uh, uh, viewed there, negatively so many, by most people. Yeah, viewed mag- negatively is because of all the bioethics questions that mm-hmm. uh, pop up. You know, there's practical ones such as this isn't safe yet, and then there's also what if somebody wanted to raise their own clone? What does that do to the human relationship um, of, uh, you know, a mother and her daughter who is a clone of her? Like, what are the expectations and, and what? how would that change? How does that change the family dynamic? And those questions are kind of unanswerable given that they haven't happened. Right. So, you know, that that's that's in large part a lot of the problem that people have and if in you... addition to just kind of that visceral revulsion. And if you raise your clone to be extremely generous and self-sacrificing, and then you need an organ, you know that's yeah. I mean that's just that's just good clean fun. The the that's also one of the kind of pros of mm-hmm. uh, cloning is that it 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 offers access to a lot of uh, medical uh, solutions that were not on the table previously. It seems like just cloning the organ is easier than cloning the person. I, I don't know, man. It's uh, I don't I don't think that's necessarily true. I guess it depends on the organ. Yeah, I mean, like, bonus organs. You're going to have to grow it anyway, right? <laughs> extra, extra. Yeah. Organs. <laughs> Just saying. So, yeah, that that is that's uh, that is a thing. Um, and I do like that sometimes they're like, what would, what would Joan of Arc really have done? Yeah, and it gives them a complex. It does, which I think is really cool. And, you know, they don't focus on it, probably rightly, given how comedic and parody-focused this show is. 
but I like that it's there. The the Joan of Arc one is probably the best one that they could have done more with because uh, in one episode she kind of gets, you know, hallucinatory like uh, messages from God, uh, mm-hmm. which are actually just like radio broadcasts from the local like car shop or something. Yeah, from the from the Christian rock station. But I think they should have done more with that, right? Because like maybe she has the same genetic, you know, thing that made her hear you know god or whatever and they they could have made it that way certainly well i think they could have done like like a like a shoulder angel devil thing right like her desire to rebel because that because that makes sense right if you're if like your clone person was this great person and you know that you'll never live up to them why not rebel and then have the voice of god as like a little angel on her other shoulder like they could have done a lot with that I guess they could have. I, I maybe but it's not that want kind of the distraction. Show. Yeah, it's it's not that kind of show. It's it's this clone thing is really just a facade and a source for jokes. No, it absolutely is. But I, I I like that if you if you wanted to, you could do it. Like we see Abe Lincoln's room, and it's a bunch of portraits of the real Abe Lincoln, mm-hmm. which is what what a nice little touch that is for like how deeply he feels this compulsion to be as great as the person he was cloned from and feeling that pressure very very literally every day from like all those pictures staring at him that that's really good detail Mm -hmm. and and it gets at something that a lot of people have like can i be as good as my parents were absolutely especially in our generation we're like just you know looking at historical trends maybe not something that is difficult to articulate sometimes and is really necessary for a lot of shows like this maybe our focus is comedy but you do have to connect with your audience Mm. you do have to make real these joke carrying machines that we call characters and this is one way you can do it yeah so even humanize them by giving them a relatable struggle and failure to live up to expectations is an exceedingly relatable struggle yeah even the one-dimensional ones like jfk feel consistent they feel legit as characters i buy it I mean, like, they're not really there. They're more just archetypes with, you know, successful parents. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's it's not really the same thing, but it's there enough. And Joan of Arc is Nicole Sullivan, who was Shigo on Kim Possible, so that's great. I I noticed that. I love seeing her in in everything. I feel like she is the best voice actor on the show, you know? Yeah, her character definitely has, like, the dramatic, like, she has the melodrama. And mm-hmm. since that's the source of a lot of the high school tropes, like, like she, they get a they get a good use out of her. She's the voice of reason a lot of times. Yeah, and I I just think that she kind of like Will Forte really nailed the serious, and it's funny because it's serious. I don't know. I just love her voice. Every time I hear her, I'm very happy. Mm-hmm. Veering um, into the silly the and track. not as serious. Yeah. Uh, Gandhi, the the harbinger himself, the 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 one who spiked the show into obscurity. <laughs> yeah, this is a weird choice. It it is. I kind of I kind of don't. I, I I'm really torn because like I'm not offended personally because I'm not of this demographic, but I want to be defended on their offended on their behalf. But I also really like the character. <laughs> what do you What do you like about him? Because I I went back and forth depending on how amusing his antics were in a given episode. He just kind of plays the ever present foil 
to our main sensitive boy, which is party animal, mm-hmm. you know? And that's that's something like I feel happens kind of all the time in in shows of this nature. You know, um, in Boy Meets World, Corey had uh, had what's his face, uh, Twitty. Is that right? Twitty. That's 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 even Stevens. Yes, but, yes, that's right. My, my argument stands. You've got it. Like, yeah, the the Twitty of that show. We we all twi- have a Twitty in our lives. We all have a Twitty. In the our, Twitty in of our, that show in our souls. But I I, I like the. I like the contrast between the two. I like that they didn't kind of go full blown. Like with him, the subtlety breaks down where he is always either telling a joke or exceedingly emotionally crippled. <laughs> like yeah. there's no in, there's no in between. <laughs> so it's like shearing back that very thin veneer that was present for Abe Lincoln and Joan of Arc and just putting it on center stage. Yeah, whereas with the other two, you get these silly and serious and it, like they say something that on its face is kind of weird and wacky, but they're doing it straight. He Mm -hmm. just oscillates between them. So he'll say, he'll play the straight man. He'll say something serious and, and uh, from the heart and then just immediately undercut himself by getting distracted. Yeah. He, he does his own. Yeah. He, yeah, exactly. I would, I would say so as well. Um, I don't know. For, for some reason, I just thought that that, uh, that character was very well, Realized. Very well written, despite the problematic, you know, the problem that yeah. it was Gandhi. It could have been anyone. You know, yeah. It did not need to be Gandhi. Um, maybe they could have uh, could have gotten around it by... Uh, the, a second season was actually pitched, stating that it would be revealed that Gandhi was Gary Coleman all along, which <laughs> the, the executives rightly rejected. <laughs> Very silly. But I feel like if they had started with Gandhi being someone else, it would have been fine. The character on its own is fine. It's just the reference. And the reference doesn't bring that much to the character. He no. never really talks about being Gandhi. Yeah, he has he has the least like direct line to Gandhi. He does get a couple of jokes that are pretty funny, like, you know, uh if there's one thing that Mahatma Gandhi is known for, it's revenge. You know, things like <laughs> that are pretty good. Yeah. But beyond that, it doesn't go very far. So it could have just been someone else. Um I, th- I think it's great that, like, this version of Gandhi was harder to stomach than, like, the Civilization uh, series of games version of Gandhi, where he just nukes everyone. Yeah, you, you, you've mentioned this before, where, I, it, it, like, his humility level, go- his aggression level goes from zero to, like, maximum because of a glitch. Yeah, it goes below zero and just, you know, up on the top. And so he's just always nuking people. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's so, very funny. So, and then they just kept that for future games. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's a legacy joke. Um, this guy, and, and he also has a lot of side plots that I like. Yeah, so I don't like him as much when he's in the main plot. I don't think he adds a lot. But when he goes off on his own, and they're so easy to set up because he can just wander off, uh, I think that's when he yeah. really shines. Because we can just take a minute from the melodrama parody and just go to just straight up wacky, and they don't overstay it. The uh, My favorite one is when they have the SAT episode. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, and, and he doesn't want to take the SATs, so he, on a whim, like, decides to become a trucker. Yeah. <laughs> and the trucker is actually the person who, like, invented the SATs or something like that. His name is, like, John Prepcourse. <laughs> and he's also a ghost. Yeah, he... Well, no, that's not the funny... Like, that's the <laughs> zinger. But the funniest part is that throughout the episode, the trucker, this random trucker teaches him how to ace the exam, like subtly through trucker experience yeah it's better than it sounds true boy i don't know if i want a hamburger hot dog chili or all of the above 
Can you eliminate two of the options? If you can, just go ahead and take a guess. Chances are, that's what you wanted. It makes sense because it's real. It's, it's so good. very, very, very self-aware. That that whole episode is is the best episode. That's the one where Abe um, he sleep deprives himself. He sleep deprives like as like a metaphor like a cool for alcoholism. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I don't need to sleep. I'll sleep when I'm dead. <laughs> You'll die if you don't sleep. Man, that one's so great. Like the uh, one of those great things with Joan of Arc saying the funny thing in a very serious tone, where she. Well, I want to. I want to go look this up because it's very funny. Um, oh yeah, and it, it it bleeds into one of those like funny lines that just kind of erupt because of the absurd premise of the show, which is Joan says, "I used to go to sleepaway camp," and he gasps. Yes, I used to go to a camp where people for people with sleeping problems. I used to just not sleep socially, but before <laughs> I knew it, I was cutting class to go to the parking lot to stay awake. It's so funny. <laughs> and then she reveals that like. She was so sleep deprived that she got a stupid tattoo of a dolphin going "What's up?" <laughs> yeah, which I which I like. <laughs> you know, as as like the ultimate like these are the consequences of staying awake too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's done really well. Yeah, I, it it might not be coming through because a lot of the joke is in the timing for this show. Yeah, but oh, so they the if, way if you they, watch it, you will get it. They mention how. Like the way that they animate is super jerky because they do it for comedic effect. They they use the motions to emphasize jokes and like for nothing else. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. I can see that. I, I also think that like a lot of their facial expressions are hyper stylized for comedy. Like the mm-hmm. way that Gandhi tears up when he gets emotional get gets me like just makes me <laughs> laugh every time. He looks just like a sad dog. Just <gasps> it's very. I'm I'm in, I'm into it. I love his stupid goatee. Oh, it's so great, and his little <laughs> earring. He looks awesome. And and Abe's face is just a series of blocks, and like they 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 look not good, but like emblematic. Like these these are they very fun. These are very fun shapes. I think so. I I think that they work, even though they got like weird kind of triangle breast kind of problems uh jfk's ass is like you know (laughs) popping out his shorts because that's the only way they could that's the only way they could find with this limited technology to show that he has toned butt is just to make it erupt out of his torso when the uh when the intro song says now they're all sexy teens it's just a big shot of his crotch (laughs) (laughs) i love how the intro song says like makes the joke that way back in the 1980s a bunch of government employees turned these clones into sexy teens. Like, it's like very clear what they're doing here, <laughs> trying uh, to fit them into this dumb mold. Let's, let's uh, finish out the characters. Yep, we got JFK, he, who is a pretty one-note joke machine. Yeah, the, they didn't even get a different act, uh, voice actor for this guy. This is just Chris Miller, one of the the creators, because it's just a bad impression, and that's fine if it's a bad impression because he's not the real JFK. Yeah, it's fine. I, I mean, like I, it's 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 the different. It, Gandhi is a very clear like historic. Uh, he's a historical figure, but he's also like an iconic. It's clearly part not of Gandhi. That culture. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Exactly. And and it's an iconic part of that culture, and maybe. The only thing that most of India is known for in the Western, in Western civilization, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but 
JFK, like, take as many shots at JFK as you want. Like, I don't, I don't really need him on an unassailable pedestal. You know, it's it it's not the same. It's a matter of scale. Yeah, like if you're gonna look at any of our uh, former presidents and like, it very clearly just a guy who's just trying to do a job but has some you know crippling personal problems. Yeah, he he might have been fine. Like he just, he didn't just very need human. Yeah, exactly. And the the problem is, of course, if we're trying to get multicultural, the only thing that we can do is pick their most important figures because they're the ones that we know. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that we can make jokes about. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So uh, like, I I don't know if Cleopatra is any in any way close. I think but... Cleopatra has a bit more depth. Uh, so this is uh, Krista Miller. She was on the uh, Drew Carey show in Scrubs, and she sort of okay. she sort of plays this. Um, manipulative or predatory woman in in all of these yeah i mean like villainous you know villainous of the entire drama piece and so she sort of serves as this love interest for abe and like maybe she likes him maybe not i got the sense that she knows she's manipulative but it's like that's just the way she is it's not mean she's just never considered not being that I, i i think that she sees men as means to an end yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I, I don't think she that she legitimately likes him because I don't think that she can legitimately like other people. Which like which, I like, think she's sociopathic in that way. You know, you're told that you are genetically identical to this uh, uh, historically beautiful, beautiful woman, woman who was revered as a god. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like that'll give you yeah, a complex. What are you do? Yeah, of course. I mean, and, and and they kind of, in a way, you can also relate that back to the real world. When, you know, so some people are told from a pretty early age that how beautiful they are, and they start, you know, appraising themselves only on their looks. Yeah, they're entitled. Not just entitled, but, like, have a very twisted sense of their own self-worth and value. Mm-hmm. Like, I also got the impression that she only thought that she was, you know, worthwhile because of her popularity and attractiveness. Yeah. So that that's why she know, emphasizes it cuz it's the only thing that she that she also thinks she's valuable for. Yeah, and and you could have episodes like that. We didn't, but I think that that could have been where we ended up. Second season, man. Second season would have done it. Uh Yeah, I I would just to take a quick break. Would you have wanted a second season? Um so I I definitely uh took too long in starting to watch these for the show so um I watched like half of them. I'm probably going to continue watching them. So yeah, Same I, here. I'd be, I would be into a second season. Yeah, this is this is an incredibly enjoyable show. It it goes down pretty smooth. Uh, yeah, in terms of Cromartie High School versus this scene, which one would you rather watch more of? Um cuz I know you watched the entirety of that series I and did. it does not go down smooth. It's it's an it's, arduous journey. It's different, right? So, like, in there, you kind of have to process and pay attention to why it's funny, and it hits really good when it does. Here, like, they just keep, like, everything's so punched up. Like, there's no mm-hmm. there's no half minute no that fat. doesn't have a couple of jokes. Yeah, it's lean. There's no fat unless we're looking at the president. Anytime that we're looking at the main cast, we're fine, I think. Mm-hmm. You mean the principal? Because we have Didn't two presidents that? and neither of them uh, are those. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the school president. <laughs> yes, El Presidente of their school. That's the one. Scudworth. What is... Is Scud a thing? Do we have to talk about him? Like, I feel like he's so extraneous. I think that we can talk about the fact that he has a robot butler. Yeah, sure. Mr. Butlertron. And that he looks like Dexter's dad who's wearing Professor Utonium's coat. 
Yeah, I guess they. I guess he kind of does look like that. Because they they I, they drew yeah. inspiration from uh, from those shows. I think uh, he reminded me of the the warden from Super Jail. You know, also I, I got Super Jail uh, vibes from this guy, and I did not yeah. like it because I saw one episode of Super Jail and it scarred me for life. Yeah, it's 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 not Zane friendly. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't dislike it, but it's yeah, not your kind of show, Zane. <laughs> I just like it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I don't really like this character very much. He is. He he kind of deviates away from that playing a teen drama for, you know, parodying a teen drama for comedy kind of format. Like, I saw him on a B subplot where it was literally a um, kind of domestic, uh, like, honeymooners style situation where he and Butlertron have to make the house nice for... Uh, for the government cabal. Who's going to come over for dinner, which, like, that's a fine joke in and of itself. It's it just... takes too long. It takes too long, and it ruins my focus, which I think I was perfectly fine looking at the at the sexy teens. Yeah. Man, why Don't. did I... <laughs> Cartoni Awards. I um, was perfectly fine looking at the sexy teens. <laughs> the, yeah, so I think the idea is that it, um, it provides, like, just regular absurdism or antics uh, as a counterpoint to the melodrama and parody, but we it, already it get that with Gandhi tone. subplots. I, I think they use it as like a tonal weight on that balance beam of serious versus silly. Mm-hmm. Just so that we know not to take it seriously. We have a fucking butler robot. Yeah, I but thought it was more of a palate cleanser. Don't need it. Yeah, maybe maybe it was more of a pacing thing just to kind of break up the monotony. But we already have Gandhi subplots for that. All right. Gandhi does it better. At least from, from my experience. Maybe not always accurately, but, you know, it's 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 fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the core of the comedy does come from Abe and Joan and, you know, the other characters in a teen drama situation, treating it as serious, but it's absurd. Right. And uh, getting into, like, the, the tone and genre of it, what distinguishes it, this from, like, uh, South Park, which you, which you had mentioned as a parody yes. show, is this one doesn't have a message, really. It didn't, like, not an obvious one. It, I mean, South Park subversive. is a pretty... Uh, South, South Park is as close as you can get to subversive preaching. Right. And here it's just subverting the the rules. It's a fun pres it's a it's a fun premise. A lot of the jokes come from lampooning the high school tropes, but like there's no like like they they call it a very special episode, but they're they're not trying to convince you to do anything. Yeah, it it, it kind of reminded me of clerks in that way. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it, it's, a, it's a parody of, of the Clerks the Animated Series, I should say, which is sure. a parody of the sitcom format, but without any kind of purpose behind it. It's not trying to tell you to like the sitcom format. It's not trying to tell you to hate it. It's just trying to tell you this is a very silly thing which has become codified in our culture. Right. What if this but that? Yep. <laughs> very Seinfeldian. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, it just wallows in the low standards of teen drama, and that's like a very that's a fertile breeding ground for for laughter crops. <laughs> laughter crops. Yeah, my metaphor didn't really crystallize there, but that's fine. I'm fine with it. So uh, I know that we talked about the the best moments of the show being the ones where it really cranks up the schlockiness and plays it straight like that uh sitting on the pier and then panning out and there's an adjacent pier with the other character on it yeah yeah did you have any other moments for that because i 
I had one, and I wanted to make sure we mentioned it, but I didn't know a better place to do it. Uh, just the just the the basketball one is good. Um, I like. I like. Uh, I've got a couple of them just because I want to. Yeah, I want to impress on the audience how important this is to my enjoyment of the show and how much these are the pinnacles of the episode. Um, so I might cut this out, but let's hear it. Uh, so the one of my favorite parts was when Gandhi and Abe have a falling out because Abe has shunned him because he's got ADD and that's treated like a communicable disease. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, they have a falling out and we're treated to a ludicrous like dude i totally miss you kind of music montage <laughs> of them looking longingly at their matching best dudes forever lockets which is like and you know it's it's that's all there is to it it's just funny that abe and gandhi are like treating this as a very serious moment and it's just not um but my, my another favorite one I had was uh, when Joan starts crying in a restaurant because Abe is fawning over Cleopatra again and runs away. And Abe gives, like, a hilarious overblown, Joan! Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, runs for a short distance before <laughs> like, finding her sitting at a different table in like the a, same restaurant. Like a few booths over. And he's like, I was looking everywhere for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been looking all over the restaurant for you. And, like, the cop comes in. He's like, Abe, hey, we put out an APB on your friend. It's okay, officer. I found her. <laughs> So, like, I was trying to figure out what makes some of the jokes hit and some of them miss because, like, some of the jokes feel like modern jokes. Like, this would not be out of place in, like, Parks and Rec or, like, other modern shows. Um, And I thought, like, oh, if you do too much of the schlocky parody stuff, it's not really a parody anymore. But, like, those are the best parts. They can't, they never really overdo it. I don't think so. Like I, I, I admit that that is a concern that you have when doing a parody like this is to fall into the same traps of the, your genre, the genre you're aping. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that this one fell into it. Because those are already so melodramatic that you can, like, it's hard to go above and beyond too far. Um, yeah. W- what parts of the show do you think didn't work? Like, what when were the real... When they go off script from teen drama, I think it sucks. Mm-hmm. When they're not doing teen drama, they're not really doing anything. And it's pretty clear that they're just padding. Like when Marilyn Manson sang a song about the food pyramid. Bizarre. Bizarre and just not entertaining or fun. You know, <laughs> also, I, also I, why is Marilyn Manson there? It's just, it's trying to, it's trying to cash in on a very different kind of comedy than the one that we showed up to watch. Yeah, that's why. And it's at the end of an episode. Like I didn't watch all of a teen drama, good teen drama parody just to get hit with this random randomness humor it's almost like a parody of a parody yeah or 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 the b plots with the principal like like the like the like the big song at the end of an episode is itself like a parody convention of actual teenage drama maybe that's the part that falls into the 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 hole that you talked about because too far not too far but like i i don't need that parody shown to me because I hate it, I hate seeing it, and you showing it to me with a you know a smirk on your on your face doesn't get me past hating listening to a musical at the end of the episode. <laughs> right, it's I forgot about your your part that's difficult. Your difficulty with musicals. Yeah, well, I mean that one's that one's very subjective to me, I suppose. We're praying for you. Okay. <laughs> um, I I love so. Uh, another reason why I think the principal stuff doesn't hit very well is because he's always talking about this government cabal and like the government conspiracy plot and the high school plot don't really intersect. Like they set this up, but it like 
it's not consistent and drawing attention to it detracts overall. You know, now that I think about it, I'm not actually convinced that the principal couldn't be there. I think we just needed to focus on him less because I did like the fact that there was like this looming overplot that just is never resolved or addressed. It's not even consistent because like in theory, this is a unique high school with clones, but they talk about like getting into clone state college. Like that doesn't like that joke doesn't make sense. And clearly the parents are just like normal people. Like they go out into the world. Like it doesn't. I think they it's don't care. Consistency yeah, I think, doesn't I think matter. We actually are of two minds about this because I think it's fine <laughs> to make the joke of Clone State College. Again, no, that that's it, that's it focusing works. on the parody aspect of it and not the consistency aspect. And consistency doesn't really matter in this show. So I'm I'm totally yeah, cool well, with that. Well, I want I want to clarify that's that's also why I think it works because they don't do that. And by bringing the principal in and talking about the conspiracy, it detracts overall because we don't need an explanation. It's, I suppose it's so. funny. It's funnier when it's inconsistent. Yeah, I I, I can see that. I, I didn't feel like the shadowy cabal thing was ever too consistent for my tastes, though. I like they invited he he invited a shadowy cabal of government officials to dinner. Yeah. In and of itself, that is perfectly funny. <laughs> I just need it to not last more than two minutes. Right, the the Skinner and Chalmers uh, steamed hams Absolutely. kind of thing. <laughs> it just needs to be steamed hams, and that's it for the season. That's all I need. <laughs> More shows should be steamed hams. I can't believe that's its own YouTube, that's its own meme genre. I've watched so many, Ben. <laughs> Me too. Like, which one's your favorite? Do you have a, be- do you have a good one? Oh, which... I like the I like the um, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney interpretation. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one. Sounds good. Though. I mean, they're just—it's pretty spot on. You'd have to play the games to like fully appreciate them, but it's pretty great. That's nice. Uh, we talked about steam hands before, didn't we? I don't, I don't know what episode. Uh, I I can't remember. We we, we talked a, about the Aurora Borealis joke. Yeah, we should certainly. we should get off of steamed hams. We'll never get off of steamed hams if we get on steamed hams. So let, let's a just, well with let's no bottom there. Yep. Uh, I want to ask you. Uh, we, we we touched on it earlier, but just to make it a centerpiece of the discussion, is this show offensive? I don't know. Because I could deal with Gandhi, but I think that's just because culturally I've kind of already appropriated him in my mind. Right, and and the show even said like, "Hey, listen, we're sorry." But basically, they said like, "We're sorry you're offended." Uh, you know, that's exactly what they said. Co- <laughs> cultural things mean different things to different people. We weren't thinking about you. Um, it is such a lazy apology. <laughs> We're so, sorry you're offended. Uh, Gandhi aside, I don't think it was offensive in 2002. Um, but it wasn't offensive in its portrayal of stereotypes, or, or or at least not in celebrities. I mean, the objectification but, of women is like something that has shown up in a ton of media and is only it's now. It's not unique to this show, It's only no. starting to go away. It doesn't absolve the show of it, though. minimize. Yeah. And I could have done without the stereotypical gay dads thing. Not necessary. Uh, and, you know, I, I also didn't particularly care for the use of a suicide hotline in the first episode for the sake of a butt of a joke, which is just Gandhi's a terrible person for telling these people who are calling suicide hotlines to kill themselves. Right. That that doesn't seem appropriate to me at all. Right, uh, so that's so that's what and, I'm... And culminating, well, lest anyone think that I'm 
overblowing this and that I'm just being too sensitive. They also have a episode wherein they are playing basketball against what is essentially a school of the Third Reich. Right. So complete I, with swastika <laughs> logos. I I think this um you know, this was sort of South Park's heyday when it kind of passed muster if you made fun of everyone equally. Yes. Uh, we don't really accept that as an audience anymore, and that's where it falls. Um, we being you or me, or we just, being... Uh, current current comedic sensibilities. Yeah. So, yeah, I, th- I think definitely, you know, those missteps could easily be excised today and have the show continue on and be as funny as it was then. It's um, not like this show was hurting for ways to do kind of edgy humor because no. they did the they did the sleep episode which is an allegory for alcoholism in in schools which i think was handled like pretty on the ball these these writers never wrote themselves into a corner you could tell that at any point in the episode rimming with ideas like you there were so many roads to go down yeah i mean teen drama is such a is such a hotbed for ways to make fun of itself <laughs> it, like you'd never run out mm-hmm yeah, I I was offended at times, but sure. uh, you know, I overall I was it, to say I was offended didn't mean that like it was a it was a it was a showstopper. It just it took me out of it and maybe be like, "Clone high, I wish you were more in tune with this at the time, but you weren't because the time wasn't." Yeah, like like if you had stopped to think about it, you could have found a perfectly good substitute for that joke that even would have done better. It just they didn't stop to think about it. Doesn't seem like it, and and I won't harp on it anymore. Like it's it's a thing that I it's recognize and accept, mm-hmm. and don't condone its behavior. You know. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the animation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. Again, everything's in service of the jokes. Uh, like I mentioned, the fact that it's very snappy and people just kind of move between poses. Uh, in the same way that uh, Mr. Crocker did in Fairly Odd Parents. That was, yeah, I mean, that's so personal. I, to have that, well, I think Fairly Odd Parents kind of did it better because it was localized to a single character and that told you a lot about the character. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't feel like I get the same thing. Like, the the Gandhi character isn't always you know, kind of moving... Well, I guess he is kind of moving around faster than everyone else. He required twice as many storyboard poses, apparently, as really? any as any other character, just because that's his funny. thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, Abe in particular reminds me of Mr. Crocker, just in terms of model, like that angular nature. Uh, angular and lanky and, yeah. Everybody's jagged. Joan's waist comes out of her hips like a lightning bolt. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Like, I, I mean, these are... I wonder if part of it was like, you know, the whole we're watching sexy teens doing sexy things. They didn't want to make it like too uncomfortable. So they like it's sort of similar to the Hartman hips problem of Nickelodeon Uh where we want to show that these are very obviously ladies, but we don't want to too obviously show it, if you know what I mean. Mm hmm. So they don't actually give them a big bust, they just give them gigantic hips. <laughs> like the curves are in the right place, but they're not curves. Yeah, they're not the right curves. He you would you would never call her hot, but she is shapes. <laughs> She's to use most, a Dane Cook joke. Most definitely shapes. Uh Dane what happened to Dane Cook? Oh, I don't know. Like he there's he went through that whole celebrity 
comedy roller coaster of he's the best thing, no, he's the worst thing, and now we've kind of bottomed out at mediocre. I just haven't heard what? anything new from him in a while. I th- that's probably a good decision on his part. I don't think that the well is. Uh, nope, that's the wrong metaphor. I don't think that. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think don't, that he can come back yet. I don't think there's a well. I think there, he's, there might, I think he's stuck a in a well. Poor, poor Danny Cook, stuck in a well. So, oh God, what were we even talking about before Dane Cook? You stopped my brain with Dane Cook. That, that's what he does. That's oh, his, shapes. That's his thing. <laughs> shapes. Um, yeah, like, and the, the, the character models are the focus. Like, the backgrounds... Um, they're Ed and Eddie backgrounds. They're yeah. bleeding into each other. They're bleeding in. Nothing is strongly defined, and it's like this this gross, like green and brown, like like lockers are just like here's some squares, and they're not Absolutely. even like good squares. They're just kind of melting off. Yeah, I, I think that this like it might not have been a deliberate choice, but it does focus our attention onto the teens, which is you know that's what you do in a teen drama show. Yeah, because they don't want us to miss those very fast poses. It's it's not a living, breathing world full of, of personality and character. It is a world that is used as a container for these specific people who get all of our attention. Just like high school. Yeah, kind of. It's not about the world. It's about you and your friends and nothing else matters. That's exactly right. Yeah, and, and that's exactly the... That, that's that's what the teen drama format sells. This is the most because you important want to wallow in thing that. in the world. Because you're also a shitty teen, just like we all are. Yeah. Oh, God, teens... You're one too, man. Teens are bad. I'm 27. It, I teens know, are bad. <laughs> like, if we're using teen as like a as a as a negative characteristic, <laughs> like as millennial, like <laughs> exactly. No, that I does, think that's exactly right. I think that, that teen is just as loaded a term as millennial in certain ways, and that dude, in some ways, you're still a teen. In the same way that I don't trust young twenty somethings, they got too well, much I mean, energy. Who can't, how can you? They're out on the town doing who knows yeah. what. Yeah, they take out loans on cars. <laughs> is, that, is that something we want to go on record as being again? I don't actually know much I, about I picked, it. I picked the first thing I could think of. I, I stole don't know. your car, so like... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That whole <laughs> well, process. We're not standard young 20-somethings. I have to fix that car. Mm. Do you need to do it during the podcast? <laughs> 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 but if I don't fix this car, it can't go below fifty-five miles per hour. Let's go. Let's get back to the cast. Uh, what do you think of the? What do you think of the intro animation? It's great because it is a clip show superimposed on a textbook. It, it. I like the framing of the textbook. I like how we see them all grown in a lab, uh, mm-hmm. and then the clip show elements. But then it all ends with everybody doing the like what gives hands. <laughs> that was no. That's a. That's part of the clip show. Oh, do they do that in the in the show? They do it in the film in the film episode, yeah. Oh, that's right. I like seeing all the what gives hands though. <laughs> it's just like a very funny thing out of nowhere. Huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> what am I looking at? <laughs> like why? <laughs> it's and, yeah. And not all of it is uh is clip show though, like um or like they'll have clips that are running into each other. Like on like a newsreel almost sort of thing. So like mm. Joan in one scene will cry and then her tear will fall all the way down to like Abe who licks it. Yeah, it's it, it's not quite the it's, same thing as a clip show. It's surreal. It is surreal. But I like it. And I like the combination. It gives you a good sense of what you're signing on for. I like the combination of teen drama giving us all the clip show shit because that's what teen dramas did. Mm-hmm. Um, and the 
textbooks showing us that oh wait we're like talking about cloning kind of yeah cloning in school and like it's it's surprisingly like deep and full of symbolism for a clip show opening <laughs> it it is weird it is it is very strange because you can see uh, like a yeah. textbook picture of abe lincoln and then you see him grown in a lab and like clearly something's gone wrong i don't know if something has gone wrong so much as you know he was grown in a lab i think something's gone wrong okay um, but the the song is catchy because it it tells you everything as well. Uh, like now they're sexy has, teens. They're sexy teens. Are I, I love that they I love that they go out of their way to say that these are sexy teens. <laughs> this is yeah because like teen dramas have to have sexy teens otherwise no one's gonna watch. Mm-hmm. And, and it, uh, like yeah. this sounds like I, a I real song. I also like that our angst is entertaining as a line. Right. Like just something putting it out and there. Engaging our angst is entertaining. I, I don't remember the exact line, but it's, you know, they're, they're very self-aware and they're doing the exact same thing as the show, which is telling their jokes while teen drama is superimposed over it. Yeah. It's the reality show ethos. Yeah. And, um, and it's done in the style of like, of the times, very early two thousands. Uh, this band is abandoned pool. Um, and yep. this like, this is a catchy song, you know, this is what the kids were listening to this and their, and their, Lincoln's Park, Blinks 182. Man, that would have been a good joke. Lincoln Park. Oh, Lincoln Park? I bet, like, uh, yeah, if, what if Abe like, listened to it when he was going through a phase? Yeah. That would have worked. When was Lincoln Park? Because Marilyn Manson certainly wasn't like relevant at the time. Don't think so? I guess, I guess it's a little outdated. I feel, I think people who like, yeah, Linkin Park was 1996 they formed. Um, mm. The writers would have to be of an older generation, and so their references would be, like, from when they were teens, what was cool. That, that is a good point. I wonder if that's a... I wonder if that's something that is taken into consideration during the creative process. Mm-hmm. But, but I guess, it, you know, to be fair, they're marketing it to their own age demographic. Yeah, because this ran on MTV, so like, right. who who was watching this exactly? Late Disaffected teens. sexy teens. Disaffected sexy teens. Yeah. And uh, speaking of uh, disaffected sexy teens, like at a party, there's a lot of just like acoustic guitar for the special moments. Is there? Oh yeah, I guess it's, there is. Yeah. It's like it's very late '90s, like uh, like grungy for the uh, you know quote unquote action scenes or like when things are happening, but then acoustic guitar for like. You know, everything slows down, and they kind of get close together, and then somebody says something stupid, and then we're back to the action. Mm-hmm. Like it, the the show has a really good rhythm. It does have a it does have a good rhythm. I definitely kind of want to watch more because it's a thing that I can watch passively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's very difficult to continue talking about a show that we just kind of like, and I've already said the main points about. That once you get past the main, it's not parody aspect of the, it. It it is it isn't deep. It is. More or less, we get past the main parody aspect, and we're way into it, and now we're just, we're talking about extra stuff. This show, this show um, has one and a half, like, strengths, and it leans on the one very well, and it leans on Mm -hmm. the half okay, and that's it. And it's okay for it to be just that, because it ran for one season. Maybe they could have done more later, but, like, this is a a good self-contained whole, despite its uh, numerous flaws. Totally. Uh, I wanted to do another clone fact and then finish up with the music and dialogue, whatever is left. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first clone, the first cloned mammal, 
Dolly the Sheep, um, was Dolly cloned. Was was yeah was cloned in 1996 and named after Dolly Parton because they took a uh, sheep Wait, really? mammary glands and. Oh uh, man, yes, I just wanted to do the Sean Connery impression. No, That's it was amazing. named after. It was actually named after Dolly Parton because the the tissue was taken from a mammary gland. Ben, the future yeah. like students learning, they're gonna so much is gonna have to be explained about that. Yeah, saying your your point is just that the future is different than the past. <laughs> no, it's just like the, the future <laughs> people not, are going I'm not to... willing to follow you down this road. I'm saying that in a hundred years, biochemists and stuff will have to learn about who Dolly Parton was. <laughs> Zane, can you can you can you talk about time in a Greg Sipes voice? <laughs> so, like in the future, it will be the present for them, but it's it's not for us it's not for us to know who they are even though we're all one that part's blocked off it's like how when you have a dream and you wake up but the dream is gone but the dream is still within you because we're all dreaming in that great like vision of life and it's not a hallucination vision it's like a vision that we're all living because the truth is life (laughs) and this has been the sipes express (laughs) i hate this is our new regular feature how, how do you feel about our new ongoing segment, the Sipes Express? Write into the show and let us know. I really hate it, but I'm good at it. So like, you're, you're exceedingly good at it. <laughs> kind of unfairly good at it. Like you don't hit all of the demographics for it, so it seems <laughs> seems odd that you'd be able to nail it that well. It's, it's, uh, can't believe yeah. this. In any case, let's finish up with the with the music and sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to talk about the dialogue. Yeah, I, I think it's very like. Because I said it before, but the nature of the show leads to very funny sentences because they have to bend their sentences into pretzels to make sense of the situation. Oh, and they go out of their way to make it so. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, like when there's easier ways to express things, they'll go with the jankier one because it's funny. Absolutely. I one my favorite line in this whole show is um, in I'm gonna I don't know whether it's funnier to say it with or without context. I think without context Let's is do funnier. Which is, wow, if your brave homoerotic gesture has changed my view about ADD. (laughs) And just, like, it it does make sense in context, but, like, you don't have to say it as, you know, like you were saying, as janky as possible for the joke. It was kind of a brilliant moment because Abe's like, how do I get people to stop hating Gandhi for his ADD? Oh, I know. I bet they're really homophobic, so I'm just going to make out with Gandhi and then they'll hate me. Make a bigger social pariah of myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and that used to not sleep socially, but and before I knew it, I was cutting class to go to the parking lot to stay awake, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say I like the intro, like music and the the lyrics to the intro are funny, but it I think it goes on too long. Yeah, it's like a full length song. Like I I I think there's another verse chorus that they just didn't put in, but even then, I, I don't know. Like I think that there's probably an art to picking lengths for songs. Maybe it was maybe it's some complicated algorithm of. How much time do we generally need to fill and is okay to fill and how good is our intro? Oh, the w- one minute. Yeah. I, it's I always one minute. 15 seconds less would have done it for me. Okay. Or, or even 10 seconds less I think would have been fine. But, you know. Uh, do you have anything else about the dialogue? No, I think I think we nailed it. It's definitely a strength of the show. I just uh, Especially because it's I, so well I wish voice I, acted. I wish I had written down more specific things. It, it's so well voice acted, just like any MTV show that is animated. Like, 
Uh, is King of the Hill MTV? Uh, no, I don't think so. What is MTV animated shows? Let's look. Well, maybe not that, but uh, Beavis and Butthead was. Daria was. Mm-hmm. Um, ugh, the new Amazing Spider-Man, apparently. I don't recognize most of these. Yeah, these look bad. Downtown looks like it might be good, though. These all look bad. Not all of them. A lot of them. They're not all. Uh, they're not all Clone High, and uh, yeah, they they kind of went down a um, down a rabbit hole. Oh, Station Zero just looks like Fat Albert plus <laughs> twenty years. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. And then Spy Groove. These show names are great. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, where were we? I I think we were getting. I think we were done. I guess we're pretty much done. I think we're ending this. Like. You cut out we all the awkward silence. And cast, there's, but I there's guess... nothing else here. It's just, yeah. it's just good show. Let's just let it be good show. I might have to trim some of this. It's just good show, guys. Like there's controversy to it. It's not without its faults, but it is overall a very good show. Uh, and I'd like to finish up with one more cloning fact. Okay. So uh, it turns out that food from cloned animals has been approved by the U.S. FDA. Fantastic. Yeah, I did not know that. That so, is fascinating. What do you think is going to be, like, widely available and popular first? Cloned meat, lab-grown meat, or cricket? I want to say cricket because I think it would help us more quickly get over our meat obsession as a country. But yeah. I, I don't know. Like, if, if they sold cricket and it looked like ground beef at the store, I would buy cricket. I, I would do it even if it didn't. Like, me as a, as a person who is terrified of bugs... <laughs> I don't. I mean, like cricket's not as terrifying as some other bugs, though. Like that's a that's a fairly gentle Let's slope. Let's run to get them you down. <laughs> yeah, the chitinous I mean, I'm ones. Just saying, if they grind them up, like it's yeah, fine. get get that cricket pate. I don't. I don't want my meat to look like meat. No, I, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one. <laughs> you mean like like animals? You don't yeah. want it to look like animals? Yeah. Like I prefer a ground beef. I, I definitely have a visceral thing where like. I know that eating tongue, like beef tongue, would not be any worse than just eating part of a cow. But, like, you know, I have a tongue, and knowing that it's a tongue gives me a real sense of revulsion. Yeah, you you get served liver, and it's not bad because it's meat. It's bad because it's called liver. That that's Yeah, that's really it. Like, you took the second smartest organ, and you put it in my food. I think I would have an easier time with crickets just because they, they seem like they'd be so crunchy to me. Well, if you grind them, why are we doing this? I I guess we can stop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, clone high. Yep, Um, clone high. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) Very good. All right. Well, uh, yeah, that'll that'll do it for today. Zane, what are we doing next time? Next week on a very special Carton cast. um, We're going to check out the uh, Flapjack. I don't remember the full name of the show but the, the misadventures uh the sexy misadventures of flapjack of sexy teen flapjack that's right yeah i assume sexy he's a, a, a genetically modified pancake do we get to go into that uh, topic uh he might be extreme blue the pancake batter based uh sports drink that they used in one of the episodes of clone high <laughs> ingredients pancake, pancake batter, batter blue, blue house, house paint, paint. <laughs> uh stupid uh i've heard really good things about flapjack so i'm i'm excited uh to watch that yeah uh and after that we are going to be doing uh our anime movie yeah we haven't we don't know what it is yet yeah we haven't picked it audience do you think we should do a 
a good Studio Ghibli movie, B, something we randomly find on the internet, or C, a Yu-Gi-Oh movie. Or D, something else, because like, we're just... If, if you know a show that would be fun to talk about, I want to know about it. I'm not avoiding it out of any sense of uh, loyalty towards Studio Ghibli and or Yu-Gi-Oh. I just don't know what's out there. Yeah, it's it's one of those things with anime where you always... We only get the most popular yeah. or sticky or kind of stuff. Yeah, we, wanna, we want a more well-rounded uh, uh well to draw Kinda from like but at the same the but at the same time i don't want to just pick a random thing with a bunch of words i don't recognize yeah that, that wouldn't be good either we want something that has cultural cachet and yet is not like a star-studded unqualified win yeah put some varnish on this G- give me an eight give me an 85 percent. that's what i want i'll take 72 you'll take a 72 70 to 85 percent yeah we got our... 70 we got 72 do i see 73 oh we don't need to do that thing um yeah and uh so yeah uh if you want to tell us about that or just comment in general about the show go to the cartoncast.com uh or actually www.cartoncast.com i always say the cartoncast the is not part of the website so i don't know why i do that you can also go to our facebook page cart uh you can go to the cartoncast facebook page um or our group website at fancybat.com and leave a message for us about uh, a movie that we should do, an anime movie we should do, or about your feelings on Clone High and or Flapjack, the or Adventures your feelings. of Flapjack. Tell us about your melodramatic feelings. Yeah, make sure you include a soundtrack so that we can get all of the feels. Um, and more than anything else, tell your friends about the show, but also go ahead and give us a rating or review on iTunes or your podcast review system of choice. Mm-hmm. And thank you for listening. I don't want-